of course, since COVID-19, it messed up a lot of my, my speaking engagements of leaving, but I'm still like lecturing, you know, like online and plus I, uh, and I still do the prison system with Shake Mateen, you know, mm-hmm. with the team, uh, second chance. I still doing that. Yep. I'm st- actually, yep. I might be a little bit more busier, you know, than I was when I had the community, you know? <laughs> so, so tell me about second chance books. That's a, an amazing thing you're doing there. Yeah, Second Chance Books actually was started for uh, started by three people. It was Sheikh Mateen, Ibrahim, Abdul-Jabbar, and uh, another brother from um, London and stuff like that. I came on like five years ago, you know. And with that, you know, I, I, I did. I uh, so far I answered like over five hundred questions. I published mm-hmm. three hundred of them, and now I'm compiling all five hundred and put that out as one book. Wow. You know, yeah. It, you know, it's amazing because. I didn't believe I could do it myself, you know. <laughs> so, you know? Where, where did you publish the questions at? Oh, actually on Amazon. Okay. On Amazon. What's Amazon. it called? It's called uh, Inquiries of uh, Prisoners and uh, Inquiries, Inquiries for Prisoners, something like that. I'm horrible with names like that. <laughs> I can't, I can barely remember my own name sometimes, you know. Inquiries <laughs> 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 uh, 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 Prisoners in the United States mm. and stuff like that. Okay. So it's, volumes that's out now so yep. what we'll do you know i have all like over 500 questions that i didn't publish because i was going to come out with a fourth volume but mm-hmm. shake my was like eh, forget the fourth volume just do 500 you know and just just put out the 500 yeah so inshallah we're going to do that he's going to start editing and uh rearranging everything and we're going to sure. put out uh yeah. sure I'll, I'll i'll find it and i'll put a link underneath the, in the description for whoever wants it inshallah well, tell them I get no money from it. It goes all back to Second Chance. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. So describe Second Chance to the people, though. I know what it's about, but what if you could describe what, what do you guys do? Basically, Second Chance is uh, is a, it's not a publication. It's basically a correspondence course, if you really want to uh, some, make it simplistic. What we do is that when uh, inmates from the States, you know, they write us, we send them a basic package of books. Then once they write us back, then we uh, send them more books. But as long as they write us, we send them more books. But what's, 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 what's different from this correspondence is that we actually cater to everybody as an individual, not as a whole. Because, you know, a lot of other uh, places, they uh, they just send out Qurans and Najibullahs and, and uh, you know, uh, Sayyid Lari's books, and that's it. Mm. So every person that uh, we send books get a different book. Because we, we from their letters, we determine where they are and knowledge-wise and what will fit them the best. So this is what we do. And they have questions, so we send them books, and we also answer their questions as well. Mm. So it's been, you know, a correspondence, uh, correspondence course, you know, for the, for the inmates. But this this program was basically, you know, brought upon to combat, you know, the uh, Wahhabi uh, propagation that's going on in the prison system. Because you know, and I know, and a lot of people that know know, what goes on there, you know? Shism, mm. you know, is is crushed there because all the chaplains are, are from the other school, and is you know, I only know one sheer chaplain in the whole uh, prison system, and he's in New York City, mm. you know. And that, you know, we got fifty, well, fifty states, and that's you know, <laughs> you know how that goes. Yeah. But with we don't go through the Sunni chaplains; we go through a lot of times the Christian chaplains because. When we go through the Sunni chapters, they tend to throw away our books. No way. And they throw away our books because of the biasness. You know, they you know how 
people how they think about Shiism is something that's you know uh, innovation and that we all Jews and all this stuff. You know, it's, it's, you know all this crazy stuff about a guy that that was never born and created. They said this guy he started and all this propaganda, but you know. We don't read Quran. We don't do this. We don't do that. Don't talk to us. We got magic powers. You know, like we leprechauns or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they bring all this stuff, you know, and they like preach it to the choir because there's no one there to actually say, no, no, this is wrong. Yeah. So this is where we come in. And what we do is a lot of uh, the people that Sunni, they become shit because they write us and we send books to show them that, you know, what we believe is in their books. Because, you know, basically it is. It is. What yeah. we believe is in their books. I don't care how da'if they may say these books are. It's the fact that our beliefs are in your book. The hadith could be da'if all day, right? <laughs> but if my beliefs are in your books, that's all that matters. Yeah. So, you know, basically what Second Chance is, you know, we're a non-for-profit organization, 501C. And, you know, we work purely on uh, purely on uh, um, donations, you know, mm. purely on donations. So that's what takes that takes up like 98% of my time. And for some reason, I got another 100% to do everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. So how many how many inmates are you guys in contact with? Oh, now that's a good thing. See, altogether, we, we actually touched about 1,400, but we are constantly, we have a database that's always turning around of about 1,000 inmates. Wow. That we facilitate, 1,000. Wow. Yeah, I'm talking about like active, mm. you know, a little under 1,000, maybe like, you know, 900 or something, but it's close to a thousand, maybe a couple of people away from a thousand. But that's what we facilitate that amount. But we had touched, you know, you know, over about 1400. Wow. And we have sent over 10,000 books to the prison system. So this, this, this year alone, we over 3,000, you know, over 3,000 books this year alone of sending books to the prison system. So, alhamdulillah. You know, it, it's, it's been good. We've been doing some so uh, good propagation, and inshallah, this will help me in the Akira, you know, because I don't know, man. I might not make it, you know, Sheikhna. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't make it, who's going to make it, Sheikhna? <laughs> I'm trying my best, Sheikhna. I'm trying my best to make it, you know? <laughs> inshallah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm to make it. So, that's good. That's, that's amazing, man. That's That's really good. And I definitely know how important it is for people to support others. So when I was locked up, I had people that wrote to me and sent me books and for the, the, the other brothers that was in the prison that I was at as well. And it was really important. Like, it's it what really it, grounded us. Yeah, it helps. You know, the thing is that what's, what's the problem with our community is that we neglect those people that was in jail. Like, they put a bad uh, stigmatism, a, a bad thing on them, like, oh, they bad. But if you look at the emails of Akli Bay, they all ended up in jail. Some of them ended up in jail. You know, they ended up in prison. And what they did in prison, they propagated in prison. You know, they changed people's minds in prison. So we can't, when we when we propagate, we can't just say, oh, we're going to the university just alone. We have to hit all spectrums, whether we go to the people that's in the prisons or the people in the universities or everything in between. We have to give this type of dawah to the people. We have to bring the Islam, bring the true Islam to them. We can't say, oh, these people are bad. You know, it was the same my brother used to say, man, when he was alive, my brother Muhammad, he said, the bigger the sinner, the bigger the saint. <laughs> you know, not not all not all saints in our eyes were, were always good people. Because we know a lot of people that are very religious, but when you ask them about their past, you say, oh, man, they had a shady past. But what brought them to that goodness is for them knowing about the true Islam, the true ways of Akhlebeit, and it changed them. So everybody has a chance to, to change. 
if they are given the tools to change. So this is what basically we do. We try to give them the tools to change and make them better individuals so they could become good Muslims and one day, inshallah, good believers sure. that could come back to our community and also help the community. So this is the thing, you know, we have to think that way, you know? Yeah. We yeah. can't preach to the choir, you know what I mean? Because in the Friday, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but these people that don't know. I feel that's what we do mostly, though. Like, we do that Oh. Yeah, like every most places where I go and give a lecture, everyone's already, you know, religious on the line. Everyone's everyone's already good, and I'm, you know, we're we're talking about topics that we all believe in already. You know, what I mean, that's that's ninety nine percent of what we're doing. You know, the thing is, this uh, shaking. Now, you know, the stuff that we send them in bar, the topics we said, we don't heard this for years. But what's different is how the person bring it to you. But it's the same topic, mm. just how they bring it to you. But when you go to people that, for one, they hate you, and you bring them around, and they start to love this, that is fulfilling. That's fulfilling. That's yeah. fulfilling. You know, to bring people around and show them that, you know, all the, what the people have said about you was not correct. It's lies. No, it's not true. This is what we have to do, you know? Not by, like, trying to convince them, like, force them, but let them come to this to their own understanding through reading our works. Because mm. this is that, if we tell them, they're like, oh, of course he's going to be biased. But they read in our books that was what we believe in. They tend to say, okay, I see now. Let me do more research. Yeah. You know, it's like me. I, I, I was Sunni. Right? I was Sunni. I wasn't always Shia. I was Sunni. Mm -hmm. And came Shia, not only from, from what my brother brought me, you know, tell me about it, but when I started doing my research about what Shiism is through the Sai Siddha, and I started researching their books and start finding out all these things about Akhlebe in these books. I say, well, this is the truth. So this is what happens. How how old Once were you? Once you pick up and we How old were you? I was like 16, 17. Oh wow. I was like 16, 17. Yeah, 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 yeah. So same I mean, age Shia. I became Muslim, you became Shia. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, about 16, 17. So it's been a quite a while, man. It's, it's yeah. been I'm not saying it's been an easy road. It's been rugged. It's been ups and downs and turns and twists and all types of stuff. You know, it, has, it hasn't been easy. And I even remember back when I became Shia that I almost went back to Sunnism. But I'm going to tell you what happened. Once I, I, I got it, for some reason, Allah Zajala gave me the graphs of Kata, uh, divine creed and predestination. And once I learned that, I couldn't go back. Hmm. I said, wait a minute. No, that's not true. So I, I just kept on going, man. <laughs> You know, I just kept on going. I couldn't go back to the beliefs. I, it, it didn't make sense to me. So what, what so do just, you mean by predestination? Because, you know, as Sunni, we believe that everything is predestined. Mm. Everything There's is no free will. Yeah, no free will. Allah's Zajala, you know, if I'm going to be a bank robber, it was already written that I'm going to be a bank robber. <laughs> you know what I <laughs> mean? Like, I had no choice. Yeah. And Allah's going to throw me in a hellfire. You know, mm. basically, this is what we think. That's, you know, as Sunni, you know? Yeah. But when I became shit and 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 I heard the uh, the explanation of this of of this this doctrine from you know from the from, from you know being explained through uh, from Akhlebay, it made a lot of sense to me, you know like how laws of other, he you know nor we we how can I say he's not the puppet master nor are we the puppet mm. he give us the power to make the choices and if we make this choice we this will happen we make that choice this will happen, but laws of knows beforehand what's going to happen. But he don't he don't force us to make these decisions. Yeah. So in other words, if we go this way, yeah, he know beforehand what's gonna happen. If we go that way, he know beforehand what's gonna happen. But it's not that 
it's already written and it can't be changed. No. Mm. This is what made me keep on moving because I, I understood that concept, yeah. you know, and it made more sense from the ways of Akhla Bey than from the other school. Mm. So what, where were you when you were 16? Where were you living at New that York. time? New York. I was in New York. Originally from New York City, Queens, New York. Yeah, Queens. <laughs> Queens. Oh, yeah, always make fun. <laughs> yeah, quiet Queens. You know, they always make fun of me about Queens. <laughs> then the part of Queens I'm from is even worse because they be like, "Oh, you from Queens? Oh, you from Jamaica? No, not from Jamaica, Queens. Where you from? Regal Park. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> from Regal Park. <laughs> I get biasness even from people from Queens. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> like, are you from there? Oh. That's a nice neighborhood. Like, yeah, man, it's not my fault I ended up there, you know. <laughs> it happens, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then what what what's the life what's the path your life took after you converted to Shiism at sixteen? I can't what do you say? What you you broke off. I didn't know what you say. At sixteen, right? You convert to Shiism, then what what path does your life take from there? You know, then I um I start going to the uh, the Islamic Center on Brooklyn in Brooklyn on Atlantic Avenue with uh, Sheikh Sadiqi and stuff like that. And okay. going there, it was it's interesting because I went from like an all African American Sunni place to basically an all African American Shia masjid <laughs> with the resident Islam man from Iraq. Mm. So it was just like one trend to the next. And I learned a lot being there, believe it or not. You know, and then I start to explore other centers like Huey Center and you know mostly like. Atlantic Avenue most of the time, and then Koei Center from time to time and stuff like that. And that was just my, my uh, thing. I just start studying like crazy. I just start reading. Yeah. I just start. I just start reading. Yeah. You know, that's that's it. I wasn't athletic. I just looked athletic, but I just start. <laughs> you know, and I learned a lot, and I always wanted to, you know, go and study and stuff like that. Mm. But at that time, every time I would ask somebody to, uh, you know, where I could go study, they would tell me. Oh, we don't we don't have the knowledge. We don't know how to get over, get you over there. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so how do you get there? You know, you won't tell us. You know, so there's a lot of stuff that we went on with that, but you know, when when we're gonna talk about that part. <laughs> no. Worries. So yeah, yeah, I just start studying and stuff like that, you know, and gaining knowledge and you know, learning more about Bay and stuff like that, you know, and that's mm -hmm. about it, you know, learning more about Bay and then. Things just start, doors just start opening, you know, start opening after a while. You know, you get to meet people and um, different things was happening. And yeah. then here we are. There you go. Yep. And then I know you studied uh, formally at some point, right? So where, where did you study at? Now, this is the weirdest thing that happened. I'm going to tell you what happened. Mm. So I moved to Georgia, right? I moved to Atlanta and it was a, a Iraqi sheikh there, right? So I was asking him, I was like, well, how do I get to study? Mm. You hear me? Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. you. When did, when did you, catch, when did you hear me when I last go off? Because it, it, it went off. I heard you when you said you went to Georgia and then you met it in Iraqi Sheikh there and you started to study. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Georgia. I met a, I met a Iraqi Sheikh and uh, I used to go and visit him every day. Me and uh, Sheikh Hanif Muhammad. Mm. Right? Yeah. His name was Sheikh Fawzi Shiraz. So he didn't speak no English really, right? Yeah. So we used to just sit there and talk to him. Right, he didn't speak English well, right? And you know we got broken the hood English, right? <laughs> so we just talk to each other and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So one day I asked him, I said, I said, shake now. I, I probably didn't say shake now. I probably just said shake, right? 
I said, you know, I want to go study. You know, do you have any uh, ways for me to go study? He said, yeah, I do. He said, you know, matter of fact, I'm going to start a housing. Oh, wow. That's what he said. He said, I'm going to start a housing. And basically, he started the housing. So basically, when he started the housing, it was in tune with uh, Sheikh Safta Razi also at the time. Yeah. Yep. At the time, it was in tune because our lessons was also with him, Sheikh Safta, Sheikh Fauzi, and Syed Nawab, Syed uh, Hussein Nawab, that's also at uh, 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 Jaffrey Center in um, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But they house the Imam Institute, and it was under the uh, the flagship of of Imam. Yeah. So the the funny thing is that it was you know it took me five years to finally graduate because we took all the courses mm-hmm. of people, but you know for some reason people say I only studied Islamic law. I don't know why, but I know I studied all this stuff because <laughs> you look at my Majah, my Hadith, and all this other stuff on here. Yeah. You know, for Quran al Fakir, all this type of stuff. So, and then after I graduated, after five years, he gave, I was awarded the imamate. Mm-hmm. Then I went over to the and tried to study there, and it just didn't work out for me, you know? Yeah. I stayed as long as I could, and I was like, man, I can't take this racism. I'm out of here. Where was so, that? Sorry, I missed it. I said, then, I, then after I finished studying, I went over, sometime after, because, all right, this is what happened. When I finished studying, then I started teaching at the school. People that was coming, I was teaching uh, Islamic law, beliefs, and morals, and stuff like that. Then I mm-hmm. ended up trying and going to further my studies in Qom. Okay. But I couldn't take the racism so much. I was like, man, I'm out of here. I can't take it. <laughs> it was just too much racism, man. Yeah. It, it, was, I don't, it was so difficult for me, you know. So then I left. I came back. I, I went back to uh, teaching at the house of there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So basically, that's just how it went, you know. Yeah. Stuff like that. So I, I didn't know main, Brother Hanif was with you. Yeah, he was with me. Wow. He was with me. And he was with me as well. I talked him into coming. He didn't want to do it. I was like, yo, you should come. You should come with me. You should come with me. <laughs> like that. So I talked Amazing. him into Amazing. Yes. And that's just I, how I went. I've seen him in LA. I think he moved. Did he move to LA? I just saw him in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta okay. um, a couple and I just seen him. There's, there, there's a master there. He must they they must invite him. He goes there. That must yeah, he be goes a lot. Yeah. 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 It was it was just me and him. We used to just go and sit there and the shake decided to, you know, just build just make a house up. And that's all he wrote. I was like, do you know how to get a space? Like, I'll do one. Because I find out, you know, he started a housing in Syria years ago. Mm-hmm. So he knew. And he had the connection. He knew what to do. So that's how we lucked up. And I say, man, for all these years, I tried, you know, to try to get over there. And I have, I almost had a chance back in the days when we was in Atlanta, um, in New York. And they had a chance. To, they wanted to send us to uh, Zanabia in Syria. Mm-hmm. All of us. At, but for some reason, it never, it never happened. So, you know, it just never happened. You know, and it just, I don't know. It just wasn't my time. I think that opportunity came, it was the right time then for me to, to start studying. It was much easier for me at that time. So that's how that happened, you know. Yeah, it's a fun but, enough. The door is open. Was, but I'll tell you, it was rough when I was coming out because there was a lot of slander against me, man. You know, mm. everybody, instead of asking me what I study. People assumed what I study. I'm like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Why you just ask me and stuff like that? Why you assume? You know, mm. even to this day, I make jokes. I say, oh man, I'm pretty all right for a person that just studied the Islamic Vassella. Joke, because you know, because I, I studied all the sciences. You know, it's just like, and our teacher, he actually took us up to the second level and study. And stuff like that because he he made it all the way to the last level so he was able to take us there 
for yeah. those who went to the class to make it to the second level. You know, yeah. it was about two of us. It was me and uh, another brother who went and made it to that second level. But others, they didn't come with us. But mashallah. Yeah. You know, so. That's good. Yeah, that's, yeah, I know. It's good. But he tried to, my teacher actually was funny because in the beginning, he tried to uh, talk me out of it. Right? And being a shake, I swear I should have listened, you know? <laughs> I swear I should have listened. He was like, you sure you want to do this? This is horrible. It's, it's a rough life. Nobody going to respect you. You know, he was trying to talk me out of it. I'm like, man, why are you trying to talk me out of it? No, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. Now, fast forward years later, because I, I don't, I think I received my uh, imam like about 12, 13 years ago, you know? And as I look at it, I'm like, man, maybe I should have listened to him, you know? <laughs> just, just say, forget this. But, you know, oh, you know, it, it's nobody said it was going to be easy. You know, this is this is a difficult role. This is not an easy role. This is nothing that people that that's how can I say has, what's that? Uh, has soft skin can deal with. You have to have tough skin to be able to do this type of work because it's, it's hard and everybody feel they know more than you. You know, as a guy, he he's he's a, a, a engineer or a doctor. He feel that man, I'm an engineer. I could read one or two books. I know more than you. Mm. You know, everybody feels know more than you. You know, that's true. And it's difficult. I don't yeah, know. I don't know difficult. what it is about religion, but everyone feels they're expert with it. Like any other field, yep, I'm gonna go to the expert. But when it comes to religion, no, I know what's best for me. I know. I know religion. Look, I don't even consider myself an expert, right? And all together, my house of studies, I studied nine years, right? And I realized, like I said, one thing studying the house shows you that you know your limitations. And not only that, it explains to you that you don't know nothing, right? <laughs> you don't have a clue. Because every day I'm learning something, I'm like, huh, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yep. You know, this is what it is. It humbles you. 100 yeah, you know, a person that, you know, this is why they always ask you, they're like, I'm a talib. I'm going to always be a student. Always. I'm nothing else but a student. I'm shake because this is what the people call me. But to myself, I'm a student. I'm always going to be learning. I don't stop learning. Every day I learn something and every day I realize how dumb I am. You know, <laughs> that's it. Basically, the, the the scenario of everything in my life, you know, <laughs> it's basically, that's what it is. It's true though. Like, I, I know when I was studying, that every every year that I studied, I realized that wow, there's just so much I don't know. And then the more you study, the more you realize that there's just so much out there. It's amazing. Like, but that you know what the hardest thing for me to to do was to try to translate you know, the uh, the book knowledge into practical knowledge. Mm. That was the hardest thing ever because when people come to you with these questions, the book has, the book don't tell you this. <laughs> he like, they tell you like, oh man, huh? I don't know how to do it. That was difficult. Mm. That's not, people think everything is black and white, but when people come to you with these problems, it's actually not black and white. It's a lot of gray. Yeah. And it it's actually very interesting, like when you when you study any field, right? So like at, at uni, I studied psychology, right? Uh -huh. And when you study psychology at university, you get a lot of theory. But yeah. when you go see see a client in a room one on one, right? You have all this theoretical knowledge, but you need to be able to, you know, convey it to this person in a way that they they can accept it. 
right? So all of that practicality of it, you have to learn on the job. Yeah. In the houses, the same. You get all of this knowledge, all of this amazing knowledge, which 99% of it we can't use because it's, it's way too detailed. And then you have to learn, all right, how can I apply this knowledge to my life? And how could yeah. I apply it to all the people I'm trying to teach, right? And it's not that application of this knowledge. That's the hard part. And you have to learn it on the ground. So when you come, at least for me, when I came and I, and I moved away from Colm at that time, you know, when I first did, I went to a center in the UK. And it's my, it's my first experience, you know, on the ground trying to teach people Islam and trying to, you know, make a change in people's lives. And I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just trialing, trialing an error on the ground, seeing what happens, making all kinds of mistakes. And then now it's been years and still, I'm still learning, still trying to figure it out, still trying to, you know, find the best way to convey Islam to people, a way where they'll accept it and, and they'll be able to grow and I'll be able to grow. Like, it's not, it's not an easy thing. It's not easy. It's the hardest, you know, <laughs> I wish the average person would know that. Mm. You on a member and it look and it comes out so easy. They don't understand that you read seventy five thousand books, right? Just to find that one hadith, right? <laughs> to find that one hadith, another seventy five thousand books to find that one ayat, <laughs> and then a top said that you found by mistake to put everything together. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's so hard. You know, it's, it's it's so difficult. You know, but. Trying to put it all together makes it even harder to try mm. to uh, relate a message to the people. And it's something in which it takes a lot of experience, a lot of time, a lot of contemplation, a lot of reading, a lot more reading, a lot more contemplating, you know, and, and it's just not easy. It's, it's, it's hard to transfer that knowledge from one, from the book into a practical. It's very hard. But, you know, people think it's easy. You know, mm. it's a life which, you know, all of us go through, especially if we study. You know, it never stops. We never stop gaining knowledge. We, we, we never stop gaining knowledge. We always have to try to gain knowledge because there's always new topics. There's always somebody coming with a question, right? That will have me say for a moment, "Let me get back to you." Yeah. I have, and I, I have to ask some people, "Do they go through this?" Mm. And the next. Me and like three or four other Milanas online, we all like, oh man, maybe it's from this, <laughs> maybe it's this, it could be that. I don't know how how you think. I say, oh, maybe this. Then we end up calling some margin, and then we get the answer. <laughs> then we all like, ah, oh. <laughs> we should have looked at it from that perspective. But yeah. it's not easy, you know. It's yeah, not 100%. easy. It's not easy. You can't know everything, you know what I mean? Like, especially. Especially with the way that, you know, Islam is expanding and knowledge itself is expanding. There's no way you could be an expert every single aspect and dimension of religion. It's impossible. It's, no, it's impossible. It's impossible. Well, of course, the layman, they think that they can be because they pick up one or two books. Look, I don't pick up one or two books and those one or two books, I still haven't finished. <laughs> I'm still working on those two books. So, so. If I feel this way, I don't understand how they feel that, you know, they got it down packed because it's it's not it's not that easy. It's not that easy. You know, and then a lot of times you gotta ask 15 questions just to give one answer. Cause the person never tells you the whole story. Yeah. They never tell the whole story. By the time you finish asking the question, then you're like, okay. 
I got the answer. No, you can't do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> from the beginning, you might say, oh, yeah, it's permissible. And then you start asking, like, well, no, no, no. Oh, something ain't right here. Oh, no, oh, no, no, no. No, don't do that. You can't do that. No, no. So yeah. basically, how it's not easy. You know, it's not, it's just not easy. But this is something which we sign up for, you know, who, how can I say, overworked and underpaid. (laughs) (laughs) That's basically what it is, you know, overworked and underpaid. So it's the life of a scholar, you know, it's it's, it's not easy. You know, this work affects not only you, but it affects your family too as well. So that's how a lot. We're gone a lot. You know, we are gone a lot. We, you know, we never have our own time. You know, people are constantly calling us for questions in which they have needs. But yeah, in turn, we don't have nobody to vent our problems to. (laughs) We help and we help, we help, we help. And that's just something which you sign up for. It's a 24 hours, seven days a week, 365, no, seven days a week, 365 days a year type job, you know? And it's retirement. You know, you retire when they take you out and take you to your grave and your imam is on top of your your your, your uh, casket and they put you in the ground. That's when you retire. That's retirement. <laughs> you know, you don't say, well, I'm going to, you know, retire and go to Florida or I'm going to retire and go to Bahamas or whatever it is. No, retirement is death when you're in this type of life, you know. So that's what we sign up for. So what can I say? I have no complaints. You know, mm-hmm. just with it. I'm doing that. So are you working full-time with Second Chance Books, or do you have a job on the side as well? Full-time with Second Chance Books. Wow. Yeah, I work Alhamdulillah. I work full-time with Second Chance Books. You know, Alhamdulillah, I haven't, you know, by the grace of Allah, I haven't had a square job in over a decade. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's been a long time. You know, it's been a long time. And I remember because my background is big box retail management, right? Mm. And I try. I said, well, that's, you know, I'm going to try to get a regular job. And Nobody would hire me because they all, when they saw that I was a clergy, they always said, oh, so you're not going to do that no more? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that no more. And they wouldn't hire me because nobody believed it. You know, <laughs> they know that it never ends. Yeah. You know, they never end. So nobody wanted to hire me. And then someone was telling me I was overqualified, which was true for the companies in which I was going for because of my background and what type of company I worked for and how much money I made when I was in that type of field and all of this stuff. So, but I, you know, that's the past. I start from the bottom, but nobody believed me. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, yeah it is what it is. Like, it is what it is. Here, alhamdulillah, I have a good job where I'm working in a school, a, a Shia school, so I get to interact with, with the kids and the teenagers, and it's beautiful. Yeah? Yeah. Good thing. So, yeah, so it's good. But if it wasn't for that school, like, I don't think there's a way... I don't know. There's there's a few maybe in in Sydney. There's maybe I don't know three scholars that have enough money from the from the masjid that they work in that they could support themselves. Everyone else has to work. It's hard, you know man. I mean? it's like hard. there's no way to to support your family on it's the little bit of money that they give you once a week for a speech. You know it's I mean? hard. They they didn't want to give you that. They you don't want to give you that. You know, and then you can't tell. You know, and if you was able to tell him, no, I want this amount, he said, oh, this is a bad Milano. <laughs> he worries about the money. Yeah. Like, man, like, here it is. I'm eating scraps and you got lobsters and steaks. And <laughs> he just want to give me a crumb and he said, no, that's all you need. Don't ask for more. You know, but 
like I said, it's not easy. It's not easy. We try to work for Allah, work for Akhlabay. You know, we pray that, you know, we, we get it right. And inshallah, we get a, a, a comfortable place in the real life. Sure. You know, after. That's what we do it for, man. We, you know, we don't, well, I know I don't do it for fame and glory. I don't know about everybody else, but I know about me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's the thing, you know, we work for, for, we just work for the people, you know, that's it. Yeah. Yep. It's hard. It's hard. A lot of, so a lot of people, I know a lot of people that study, you know, a lot longer than me, and they come back and they have to get jobs. They 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 don't they haven't wore the 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 you know the 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 dress or the scholar since they left studying mm. and stuff like that because they have to support their family. It's, it's hard, you know, because we you would think that when we come back or finish study, the community will help us, but no, 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 they don't. No, <laughs> you know, have places that. You know, they have a regular guy running a center and they got a scholar that lives in the, in the, in the city. And they don't ask. They don't send for him, you know. Yeah. They got people leading everything, you know, mm. and just happy with that, you know. And the scholar is struggling. Nobody calls. He'd be still even breathing, you know. And that's the problem. You know, that's I the see, problem. I see a lot of places here, right? So they're, they're moving into a direction where they're like, all right, we don't need a scholar full time because yeah. what do they do all day? They just... I don't know. Their perception is we just sit around and do nothing, I guess. I don't know what the, what they think we do. And then, so all we need is that one speech on Friday night or Thursday night or whenever they hold their program. And that's it. So we're not going to get a full-time scholar. We're just going to get someone, come give that speech for an hour. Thank you so much. Take care. Here's here's a little bit of money, and that's it. And then what, the, what that means is the scholar who doesn't have a, doesn't have a, a, a full-time salary. He has a one hour wage and there's yeah. no way you could support yourself on it even if you even if you speak in five different centers that's yeah. only five hours of work right there's no yeah. way you could support yourself so yeah. that that movement or that that change in kind of per, kind of perception of the role of a scholar has really harmed the way that scholars are able to work because if you're working a full-time job like you're lucky you have a an islamic job i'm lucky i have an islamic job but most people don't, and most, no, most, people. most scholars, you know, they they have to spend the majority of their day doing some random job, and then they don't have much time yeah. to spread Islam. They, they come home, they're tired from work, just like everyone else, and then yeah. you're expecting them to go, all right, on top of their full-time job, study, prepare lectures, go to centers and deliver them, go, you know, answer all the questions of people, do all the marriages and divorces, like, there's all of the list of things that a scholar is expected to do, you do all that plus your full-time job. Yeah. How, how, it, how is that possible? It's, it's about, see, they think this is like the, the, the you know, on a part of the menu say a la carte, you know? <laughs> you, know <what> <laughs> you know, this is what they, they think, this is an a la carte menu, you know? You get, you get what you pay for because at the end of the day, right, that same person that's answering those questions that have no idea about what's going on, he just telling these kids the wrong answer, right? These kids know after a while because now they have shake Google. They go and look us up, I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And what happens in communities, they they you they lose their youth because of this. Mm -hmm. And then when all the youth is 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 gone, here they come to shake. Oh shake, no, we need you. We love you now. <laughs> we want you, please come. We have problems with our youth. 
You have to get them to come. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to do this, 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 this. All this stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, that's because what happened. That's how I went to the UK, actually. So in the UK, it was a beautiful community in, in a city called Luton. And um, uh, basically what had happened is all of the youth started coming to the centers. So you'd go and attend a program, and you'd have people about 40 years old plus, and then kids at about 15 years years old down and no one in between because once they're once they're old enough to tell their parents i'm not coming they don't they come go. and then they don't oh, come they back go. until they get married they have kids on their own their kids are growing up and they're like all right we need our kids to go somewhere right well, and it's scholar, just a cycle the scholar knows that he has to be able to bring everybody and have something for everybody see the, the problem with a lot of these communities when you have the non-scholar there that they only cater to the older people, right? Like everything, when you look at in business, right? In business, management is always preparing that other person to move up into management. Mm. As scholars, we see the youth, so what we do, we prepare them to move up into those positions that when the people that's holding, they could run right into it. We have to also know that the youth play a big part of all types of revolutions, and I'm not talking about the bad ones. I'm talking about the good ones, mm. right? What I mean that is that every time there's something that's about change, it's not the older people that's making the change. It's the youth. It's the youth because they have nothing to lose. When you get a certain age, you worry about your you worry about your 401k. You know, <laughs> you know, you worry about the house. You don't want to lose nothing. But the youth's like, look, we're thinking about our future. So we have to make things better for us, for our future. So if you don't put the youth in a position to, to you know, do programs that fit them, then you're going to lose them. And that's what happens. They don't have nothing that fits the youth. In other words, they don't have them, you don't, you, they don't work with the, the youth to try to establish their own programs from lectures in which that's going to appeal to them and it's going to draw them to the Islamic Center. Mm. You know, a scholar, he knows this. He know he has to go and deal with everybody and try to get everybody to come to the center. But as we call the, uh, how do we call them? We call them uh, the, the ultra volunteers, right? The, the, the super volunteer guy that feels that he could do everything, right? He don't look at it like that. Mm. He don't look at it like that. He just want to cater to, you know, his generation or his base. Yeah. In all actuality, you lose that generation. And because you lose that next generation, that community starts to dwindle. Because what happens now when the youth, they go off places, they don't want to come back to that community. They move off somewhere else. They get married, they move off somewhere else. Some even don't even practice Islam because it says nothing there for me. I didn't learn anything. It's all rituals. Every time I ask about something, it said, because I have to do it. They never told me why. They said, you got to do it. It was because. Oh, and they harsh. You know. What do you think, what have you found to be successful with the youth? Like, what, what, what kind of methods do you use? See, me, I'm a, I'm a shabab, right? <laughs> My thing is that you have to get them involved. Mm. You have to get them involved with these communities. I don't care when you start them out with a, doing, call it a non and comma. You start youth programs for them, right? You start, you do youth camps with them. You have to put them in positions that make them feel like this center or this magic is theirs. Mm -hmm. If you don't do that, they're going to feel like a person that's not at home. 
See, I remember a lot of times when you go to a lot of these centers and they have a program in a language in which these youth don't speak. Right? Yeah, they speak it, but they don't speak it. Yeah. And you go inside the center, all their, you know, their fathers and grandfathers inside the Musella area, and they out in the front talking, doing nothing. And that front starts getting further and further away because there's nothing there for them. But if you have them in positions where they are actually, uh, how can I say, coordinating the program, you know, making the announcements or doing certain things like that, they'll feel like this is their program and they're going to want to be there. They're going to want to support each other. you got to get them involved. If you don't get them involved, you're going to lose them. And this is the problem. They lose, We are losing our youth because we don't get them involved. We overlook them and think that what they have to say don't make sense. But in actuality, when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he didn't elect no old dudes, man, to, for position. He elected youth. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. He didn't elect dudes. You know, they try to say, oh, he elected old. No, it was all youths. Mm-hmm. As the successor youth, as the as the uh, as the general youth, as when he when he selected uh, another uh, youth for to be uh, the the governor of of Medina, youth, all youths. He always put youths in position. Why? Because he know youths. That's the future. Mm-hmm. We have to worry about our future. The problem is we just worry about our present. Yeah. And that's how we lose our future. You know, what what do I know? I don't know nothing. I'm just a regular <laughs> guy, you know, and I don't have a PhD. You know, I don't have, I'm not an engineer. You know, I'm not a doctor and all this other stuff. And and I read more than two books. You know, if I'd have read two books, you'll listen to me, you know. <laughs> Oh, I'm not an expert. I'm not a. I'm not an expert. A guy that comes from a far distance with a suitcase and say I'm an expert, and you listen to this guy. You know, I'm not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we, we, you know, we have to focus on those type of things because we don't. We're gonna lose our youth. We're gonna lose them. Yeah. I seen it even growing up with me. I remember it was interesting. Like when I was growing up, and we was at the center. We had an organization called um, Madrasa Islamia. It was all youth, all of us, right? And what happened was the sheikh, he had us, you know, he had us all together. And what we do is um, meet with other youth groups for other communities, you know, non-Shia communities. And the older generation was against us, saying that we was against them. We're like, no, we're not against you. You know, we, we're trying to do stuff. Mm-hmm. And they, instead of, um, you know, helping us, they was against it until they scattered us all off. And let's just make a, a short story short. It was about 50 of us. Now it's maybe like five of us that still practicing today. Wow. Now, mind, you come from Muslim families. Mm. Come from Muslim families. But the fact that they didn't show no support and help <laughs> us to try to achieve what we was trying to do, they ran us off. Wow. Some, you know, some stopped practicing. Some became Sunni. And some just, like I said, whatever. So I believe in the law, but I'm not going to the magic no more. So this is where the problem comes in. I see a lot of that. I see a lot of that, like this, this masjid politics and this group fighting with that group. And what that, what ends up happening is people get sick of it and they stop coming. Like here in Australia, that's been big because there's been a few different centers that have gotten into all kinds of, you know, political dramas and, the result is that people are like, I'm not going there anymore, or I can't stand this. And they stop going not only to that center, to any center. And then you so have you have a, a group of people, and they're mu'min. Like, they're yeah. great people, but they're just sick of the way that, the, you know, the centers are run, and they stop going. And then yeah. the centers are empty, and then they don't have 
like when you stop going to a center, you, your connection to the community dwindles, and it's it's I don't know. At least for me, like it's harder for me to connect when I'm not around like-minded people as much, and it's just it's it's a it's a problem. It's a big yeah. problem. And then the thing is, when they leave, the shaitan always tell them, "Oh, you got to get better. You can't you can't go back to the center in this type of state. You got to do this and got to do that." So they find themselves going further and further, and then sin get involved and the more sin they do you know the much easier for the do the sin and it's so much things that, that that do that because you don't have a constant reminder because you're around people that's not reminding you now mm. you have people that's not reminding you so you find yourself find yourself drifting away like a raft in the in the ocean just drifting away just drifting away but this is you know this is the problem yeah this is the they, you know why do you have why 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 do you want to have magic politics? This is Islamic center. This is a religious center. Why do you want to have why do you want to bring politics in the Islamic center? I don't get it. I I feel people just want I, I, like there's no power. It's not like you're making money. Like I, I I I don't understand. But I think it's just that prestige of I'm in control of the community or I don't know what it is that's that's in in the minds of of people who who do this but like sometimes it's so clear that like what you're doing is wrong man. like come on i made a comment in the sense that i was at and i said to them i said you're all fighting for something and i'm the only one getting paid here right <laughs> i said that like, you're all fighting for this and i'm the only one getting paid here it don't make sense because then i realized it's not about the money it's about the prestige and that prestige is something, you know, that people feel better when they have these titles, you know, I'm this and I'm that and I'm this and I'm that. And it's like, okay, it's just a title. It's nothing. It's something which someone gave you. There's no benefit in this title at all. But this is what they fight for, the titles, to be known as this. Because they always want to look seem bigger than what they are in the eyes of other people. Mm. And this is pride, yeah. and you know, nice hot place in a hellfire for those who have that kibra. It's a real hot place, you know. But this, mm. they don't see it that way. And now, obviously, of, not everyone's like that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's good people too. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> yeah, disclaimer. Yeah, there are good people. <laughs> we're not talking about them. We're right yeah. now. We're talking about the other people. <laughs> You know, we're talking about that because there are a lot of good centers. Trust me, there are mm. some centers that man, you like, man, it's a spectacular center. Yeah. But we're talking about, you know, the ones, you know, the ones that's not. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of good centers. Yeah. There's a lot of good centers that that they want scholars, but they can't afford them. Mm. You know, this they, they they say, man, we know we need a scholar, we just can't afford it right now. Maybe one day in Charlotte, when it gets larger, we could we could get one. We talk about the ones that could afford one and, and refuse to get one. <laughs> and There's if they do get one, they treat them bad. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot of them. It's a lot of them. But like I said, it's not all. It's not all. I don't want to sound like a grumpy person, but yeah, <laughs> I'm not grumpy at all. I'm just saying, just saying, like, oh man, this was a grumpy. It was a grumpy interview. This guy is grumpy. No, 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 not grumpy at all. We just talking. About it. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Like, I'll give you an example. There's one brother I know. His name's Hodge Fozzie. Beautiful brother. Beautiful brother. And, wow. you know, he's dedicated his entire life for Islam. So he 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 volunteered at a couple different centers. He's always been trying to 
help the youth and uplift uplift the youth, taking them to camps and to all kinds of programs for youth for decades. Right? He's mm-hmm. he's older and he's been doing this for for his entire life pretty much. And he's made huge um differences in, in the community and people people who are older now and they have kids are religious because of his efforts when they were young. He's a beautiful person. Oh, and uh, also, like his job is raising money for orphans. Like that's his, oh wow, that's his literal job. Like he Saint. he has a he has an Islamic bookstore, and he raises money and he sends money to mm-hmm. orphans' families. Like his entire life is is beautiful. His his entire family. Oh. He's got the best family in the world. Like all of his kids who are, you know, my age and older, and and their kids and the whole family is amazing, right? beautiful beautiful people and he was involved in a center all kinds of mastered politics occurred he never really took like he he always tried to keep the peace and he always tried to do what he thought was best for the community and you know he made the right decisions most of the time and like he's a beautiful person a shining example of how you're supposed to be when you're when you're in a position to try to guide the community right so he's he's one of those people which you know it was a pleasure working with him when I was working at his center, and I loved that. But then, even at that center, you had other people on the board who who kind of moved in different ways, right? Yeah. And not not that they're bad either. Like I don't want anyone listening to say, "Oh, like the sheikh's attacking now." No, it's, no one's bad. Everyone has good intentions, but just the mode of operanda, like the 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 decisions and the methods, might not have been the best. Whereas for him, like. His heart is always on his sleeve. This is what I believe. This like beautiful person, and you have you have people like that. If 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 only all the people who were taking care of the centers were like him, like we'd have the best centers in the world. But like I I think you need that. Like as a sheikh, you can't be alone. Like you can't you can't do everything by yourself. You need a team around you to to kind of help you manage the center and you know to there's all kinds of things that you need help in. And if you yeah. if you find that team, and you have the scholar at the head, where the scholar is in the rightful position, he's able to make the decisions. He's able to kind of guide and lead the community. That's when it'll be successful. But when you're trying to dictate to the scholar what he can and can't do, what he can and can't say, you know who he should yeah. spend time with, who he shouldn't, and then and and, and treating him like an employee, like. How many people are paid at the center, right? So, like at most centers, it's two. You got the the sheikh and the janitor, and if you're treating yeah. them both like empl- like like employees, it's bad. Like he's not right. your employee; he should be your your guide. Yeah, he's, you're right. You're you know right. what I mean? And that's no, the, I agree with you. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the problem. And with you know, I notice a lot of times when they do bring a sheikh, sometimes a lot of people that was there they leave. Because they feel that it's threatening their position. But it's not about that. You know, even the place I was, the people that left, I tried to tell them, come back. I need your help. Come back. Why you leave? Come back. You know, like, why would you do that? Yeah. It's sad. But, you know, it's sad. But what it is what say? it is. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. We, we try our best to make the best decisions. You know, we try our best to do the best we can. Mm-hmm. You know. I pray to Allah, you know, we have good intentions when we're doing it. We, you know, we do it all, you know, we do it for Allah. 
Yeah. You know, we don't do it for no fame or no glory. Because trust me, you know, if we was able to get a pink Lamborghini out of this, trust me, we all would probably get a pink Lamborghini. <laughs> but unfortunately, 1974 Pinto, and that's about all. <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> that's it, you know? Yeah. Hey, I'm doing that. That's, you know, people think that the shakes are rich because they're getting all this Combs money. You know, I'm still waiting for it. I don't know where that money going and who's getting it, but I know I'm not. <laughs> I don't know who's getting it. I'm not. I'm not getting a drop of it. You know, so I don't know. You know, Sheikh, I just don't know, man. <laughs> I hear you, Sheikh. I, I thank you so much. Fudge your prayers approaching for me, so I got to get going and Shala. <laughs> different time zone. Like I'll, I'll talk to my friend and who's like, he's like, I think it's Wednesday there now. <laughs> <laughs> it's Saturday Saturday morning for us. It's Friday afternoon for you. It's Friday. No, it's Saturday in New Zealand, right? Yeah. Right now, Friday. Yeah. Like Saturday afternoon or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. We we get the world before you. You get it all the time. Y'all are actually in a future we in the past. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. I, I should ask you if I if, if it was look, we're in August right now. You're still in July, mate. I'm telling you, that's crazy, right? Yo, yep, that's oh wow. I didn't think of that like that. That is true. Yeah. We Oh my god, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. How is it in August? <laughs> You'll know soon. August. <laughs> Inshallah. All right, Sheikh. Thank you so much. Inshallah, we'll we'll be in touch. Yeah. Actually, I wanna I wanna I, Inshallah, if you could send me a list of uh, some brothers who were locked up and they're outside now, because I want to uh, get them and interview them on my podcast as well. So that's something you can help. Inshallah, you can help me. With. But anyways, we'll be in touch. Yeah. Inshallah, thank you so much. Inshallah, bro. Thank you so much. Fiyam anallah. Assalamualaikum. What? You haven't subscribed yet? Mate, get on the ball. Subscribe to the channel.